Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Today, I speak with Laurie Jones. She is the CEO of Avocet Communications, which is a marketing and branding agency. And Laurie has a really interesting uh, set of uh, views around how to use marketing as, if you like, the forgotten lever on the CEO dashboard. Many CEOs come from sales and love customer interactions. Others come from operations, uh, finance, and more focused on the internal workings of the company. And uh, both groups often overlook the power of taking a bold stance uh, in your positioning as a company. Many companies are bland and she explains what it might look like to take a bold stance and to do that in a realistic and effective way. So enjoy this conversation with Laurie Jones, the CEO of Avocet Communications. Hi, Laurie, and welcome to the show. Oh, it's so nice to be here, Richard. Thank you so much. No, I'm looking forward to this. I know you've had decades in in marketing and you're now running your CEO of Avocet Communications. And I'd love to really get in straight away, really, with um, with your success formula, right? How do you, how have you succeeded as a leader? But also, how do you help other leaders succeed and other firms succeed? Because that's your business, right? Is helping right. get messages out there. So before we jump in, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about uh, what is Avocet and how did you end up in the top job? Uh, so Avocet is a fully integrated marketing communications firm. What that means is that we integrate your owned assets, which, which is strategic development and um, branding, you know, trade show, all of those things that the brand has total control over with earned media, which is PR, um, and then content earned um, and shared media, which is content, and then paid, uh, which is all paid media. So we integrate all those things together to ultimately create a fully outbound um, awareness-based program um, that increases exponential growth for our clients. Um, How I landed in the top job, uh, you know, I laugh quite often. Uh, This is a family business. And I interviewed uh, 21 years before I was even offered the initial job. So um, that is uh, a lot to be said for my father. After all those years, still wanted me to to come work for him was one of the greatest joys of my life. uh, The day I had not planned on it. I was a broadcast journalism major. Second semester, my senior decided it wasn't for me, and we had an opportunity. Uh, My father had the firm starting in 1980. We had the opportunity uh, for me to go work for him, and I said yes. And it was uh, the second best yes I've ever said in my life. The first, or the second rather, was saying yes to my husband when he asked me to marry him. Nice, nice. Yeah, really nice. So, um, so, okay, so you're running this this integrated communications agency. What's um, what do you see, chief executives? Um, when do they do m- marketing well, and when don't they? 
How does how does the chief executive help or hinder that effort to really create growth for a brand? Yeah, and, and I think it depends on the size of the business, right? There are a lot of CEOs that are startup and they're handling marketing on their own. And then, of course, there are a lot of companies that might be going after their Series A or, you know, and have 20 employees. What does that look like versus someone who might have 100, 200, 300 employees? So there's there's quite a wide range. And I think it also changes a little bit based on industry. But if I'm, you know, take all of those elements and put it into one sweet spot on areas that I think um, can change or hinder, um, you know, it's not getting in the way of marketing and sales, realizing that marketing and sales need to be aligned and and product uh, should be at, at the table as well in a very, very big way, and being bold enough to want to make a difference in the mindset of the audience. There's nothing that will hinder a company from growth than wanting to look like or wanting to sound like everyone else in the industry. Break out of it, differentiate. And that is where ultimately I think CEOs can help their teams impact the bottom line. Yeah, so... Do CEOs, um, so I, I get it, there is a life cycle of companies and people at different mm-hmm. stages are doing different things. But what I'm hearing is that, yeah, that willingness to change perspectives, change mindsets. And that requires a bit of, it does require a bit of bravery, right? Because um, at least it, at least you know what you've got at the moment and you know you're generating some results. Um, right. So that's where incremental thinking comes in. It's like, well, we can just press a bit harder on the marketing engine or on the sales engine and so forth. So how do you, how do you kind of see that shift of, you know, um, or how do you help CEOs think through, do I really want to change, do I really want to rock the boat, right? right. Um, we've all oh. seen marketing campaigns that have backfired, for example, right? And have oh, yeah, you can be the... you can be too bold, but you also don't want to be boring. And that's our mantra. We take brands from boring to brave, right? And if you imagine a range of acceptability, so imagine a scale and there is a one on the left-hand side and a 10 on the right-hand side. And boring is a one, 10 is a bold. Within your industry, there is a propensity for how bold you can go. So Mm. keeping audience in perspective and defining how bold we can go is the key to that because you can um, take it too far. There's no doubt about it. But we, what we like to do is on that range of acceptability, you know, what is the strategy? So we take a look at differentiation, points of parity versus points of differentiation, uh, studying the competition, listening to our um, audience via reviews, um, listening to you know inter- customer interviews, really finding out a lot about the about the about the brand and its perception in the marketplace. And what we find all too often is there is this big cluster, if you will, of brands that are you know one, a two, a three, a four. Why not? And they're boring. They sound like everyone else. They look like everyone else. Why not? If they're clustered right there, why not be a six? Why not be a seven? And sometimes you need to manage it. If they're if the if the competitors are really clustered, you know, at a one, two, three, maybe a five is all the industry can handle at this stage. So we systematically go in and devise a program with messaging and communication and tactics um, that definitely moves the brand to that to that to that side, knowing that that differentiator in the mindset of the audience will help push all those brands aside, maintain them there. And then, you know, and then you stand out. And when you stand out, guess what? You get noticed 
And when you get noticed, guess what? It increases um, your growth of the business. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. As you were saying that, I was thinking around um, industries that I often work in. I work in tech and telecoms, and software as a service, the digital, all these kind of things. And um, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of fashion and a lot of uh, clustering around similar things. You know, lots and lots of even, you know, fresh software as a service players. Their websites all look a bit the same, right? Um, yeah. They, yeah, Their technology is perhaps different if you just scratch beneath the surface. But in terms of the overall feel you get for this company, you know, for the company, you don't particularly get a strong vibe one way or the other. No, you don't. And and so you bring up something very interesting. Um, so a lot of tech companies are started by engineers and engineers are, you know, they're brilliant, right? They, they are developing the product. Um, they're developing the solution, whatever it might be. They have an idea, they can build it. Um, but the product, what we find in most situations is these same brilliant minds believe that the product will sell itself. Guess what? It does not. Um, we've proven it time and time again with our clients, whether they be technology or SaaS clients, that um, once you understand the people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Right. So they don't buy the feature. They buy the benefit of that. And if we can shift the mindset of our messaging and our go to market strategies to more benefit, I sound like a broken record. We've been talking about that for years and years and years. But most tech companies are comfortable with features. So when we shift that mindset to the more provocative side of messaging and creating excitement about what, how this will change their life, their business, whatever it might be, that is when we impact. And from a challenger standpoint, this is a lot of challenger brands typically, right? And from a competitive standpoint, we need to decide through our strategic development process Do we want to challenge someone that can be very difficult in a lot of tech spaces, or do we want to challenge something? And that is where we can really help, you know, move again on that range of acceptability brands, um, you know, to a five, six, or even a 10. We do have brands who want to be, who are the Mm. 10 and want to aspire to be that 10. This is interesting. Yeah. I like to say when when I'm working with my clients on their impact and multiplying their impact, it's at the, se- the center of strategy, leadership, and purpose. And actually, often purpose is a bit of a weak spot. And people mm-hmm. think, yeah, we d- perhaps we just need to focus on the strategy piece or the leadership piece. But mm-hmm. purpose is important in so many ways. And actually, knowing what you stand for and what you really are for as a company and what you're not, you know, sometimes people have that or it's not as defined, but often it's not that clear, especially for older companies where the original founder's vision is perhaps a little bit diluted mm-hmm. and people are now into, well, we just got to deliver this quarter's results and then the next quarter's. Right. Um, but actually, as a CEO, you, part of your job is to put some heart back into that and to say, mm-hmm. what is it that I'm standing for as a leader? And what is it that we want to stand for as a business? Uh, and I think when you have that, then marketing does become a lot easier, right? Because it's not just putting a new splash of coat on. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, painting your pig on a lipstick, you know, whatever you want to call exactly, it. Yeah. I mean, it's so the purpose, the vision, the mission, the values all have to be aligned with marketing no matter what. And one of the first things that we start out with from a strategy standpoint is getting the leadership team at the table and understanding what their vision, mission, and values are. 
Um, that, especially in a day where culture is so important as well, is a litmus test for ultimately what we can do to move the brand. Um, and, and, and defining that vision, maybe even through a vivid vision. So a CEO, where do you see the company three years from now? And how are we going to get there, not just from a business plan standpoint, but making sure every employee within the organization understands how we're going to get there, write the vision as though it's futuristic, write the vivid vision as though, you know, it's year 2025. And we've just done A, B, C, and D, and we're celebrating because of why, you know, that is where you really uh, can, I think, catapult and and keep the team um, on the same bus and in the seats that are going to impact the bottom line for the business. Hmm. Yeah, I see a lot. Of, yeah, absolutely. I see it a lot. Until people have that, then everything else is woolly. You can't really have a strategy. You can't have a brand strategy. You can't mm-hmm. lead people. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the day to day and not answer those bigger questions. It's it's I mean, I face it in my own organization. The goal of every team member surrounding me is free up Lori, free up Lori mm. so that I can focus on the business instead of the trenches. Yes, we oh, it's just a fact of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I find when I work with my clients, one of the first things we address is almost always, how do I work on the next level of activity? Right. Me, right. How do, right. I get, how do I level up? It's always there, right? It has to start in our diaries. Well, and it's important for growth, right? Because if we stay at the level of, of activity that we operate in day to day, how are we able to vision the future? How are we able to build the team around the future? And that is where we, you know, a US saying gets stuck in the mud. Hello, it's Richard here with a quick interlude. These conversations are all about upgrading how you think about creating impact. So here's a resource to help you do just that whilst staying fast and focused. The CEO's checklist for challenging times is a quick way to enhance your thinking and detect blind spots, even when things are moving incredibly fast and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You can get this powerful checklist of 17 world-class strategies by heading to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash challenging times checklist with a hyphen between each of those three last words. Now, back to the conversation. Yeah, I'm thinking about how CEOs, again, get in the way of this process of clarifying branding um obviously there is a sense of clarity about the business and the values we've talked about uh, in my observation i'd love to get your view is you know ceos are often they either come from the sales side so that they they love the customer conversations the deals and that kind of aspect you know or they come um you know or perhaps they come from a slightly more internal focused side they've been the cfo or coo or uh, another internal role um and they're they're kind of a little bit more internal focused right they're just kind of making sure the engine is running um there's probably a little bit of a shortage i'm thinking of ceos who naturally you know turn to marketing and branding as as the you know, go-to lever, I suppose, for right. success. I'm just wondering what your observations are about that or you know, whether you see certain CEOs who really get success versus those who don't really use the lever. Right. So I think uh, number one, alignment's important. And number two, they've got to give permission, right? So being bold 
um, can be daunting. Um, it can, it means so many different things to so many different people. That is why we've got our range of acceptability. Now, how do you define bold, right? So once you provide the mindset and the okay for the team mm-hmm. to move and be more progressive with their approaches, I think that's, that is very, very important. That then creates the alignment internally, right? Uh, we can take this to the next step. And let me tell you um, a quick story about a brand that we've been working on for 14 years. I'll never forget uh, several agencies up for this piece of business, very large retailer in the United States. And um, I went into pitch, didn't think a lot about it. I went on my own and I walk into his office and he's got his entire senior team standing. The pitch was a stand-up pitch, never experienced something like that in my life. That immediate, that immediate reaction, the body language of me walking into the room and totally not expecting what I did, told me immediately that this is a bold leader and that he wants to push the needle. So we, I had a couple you know, ideas in my hip pocket regarding where we could take the brand and what it was going to take to ultimately move the brand to surpass competitors um, that had the awareness in the market this brand did not. So I, you know, I knew my audience based on that, that quick move. We, um, we presented the approach. He, he bought it, but by having the entire senior team there, it told the very um, small marketing team at the time, okay, we can move the needle. It told, uh, you know, the store head um, Mm. that, okay, you know, we can be more progressive here. And ultimately what we've done is we that brand was twenty million dollars uh, fourteen years ago. It's one hundred twenty five million today, um, mm. and the competitors are, you know, you, you never wish ill will on a competitor at any point in time ever. But we've had two competitors move out of the market, um, so that's what bold branding, bold marketing, bold leadership, um, bold mindsets do uh, to catapult people mm. in in a, in a uh, industry. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, one of the things I, I work on when I'm um, often studying with, with execs is to really get their sense of what would it be to, you know, what would you care so much about that you want to 100 exit? You know, what mm-hmm. is it that is so meaningful to you yeah. that you would stop at nothing to achieve it? And um, and the other thing, the other thing, the other thing that comes out for me is this question of um, perception. Because obviously, branding is about changing market perception in a way. And it, my role is less about market perception but it is of working with leaders and often about how they are perceived by key stakeholders in and, and perhaps outside but also within the com- company and i always say you know perception lags reality mm-hmm. it always lags reality so yeah. you know, even if you've become the most innovative company out there the market will not see that because they're going to assume that you're the laggards that you ever, you always used to be. You know, right. on a personal level, even if you are no longer the micromanaging leader you used to be, but really empowering and et cetera, most people will still imagine you as the old micromanager from last year because they're not focused on you. They're focused on themselves, right? They're not mm-hmm. watching things change. And um, so often one of my roles is to help create environments where the perception can catch up with well first of all create the reality but then make sure perception catches up because in leadership you know if the people don't perceive it then it almost doesn't exist because people are still going to be demotivated or fed up with you <laughs> even if you changed and the same as I think it might be same on a brand level right that uh, a company can make internal changes and transformations but somehow you need to get that message 
Well, and it needs to be repeatable, right? And it needs to be believable and it needs to be motivational. All yeah. too often, um, you know, perception is reality. We know that. And people's realities are all different. So if you have a starting point on ultimately what we can do to change that, I mean, so creating and changing perception are equal as equally difficult, right? Mm. Um, there might be something very negative in the marketplace that we need to overcome, um, the way in which um, a product launch was not ready and it, it went out to market. Um, and so we've got to overcome that negative perception, right? Or the perception of something very, very positive on the, you know, on the uh, opposite side of that, the, the product launch was so successful, we couldn't deliver on time. How do we mm-hmm. overcome that? I mean, there are millions of different examples, right? Yes. But it's, it's placing a stake in the ground on ultimately, you know, back to passion, back to the vision on what we stand for and how we're going to take care of that situation, whether it be something super positive or a negative that we need to overcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's move on. I want to give you a few quick fire questions as we move towards the end here. Um, just to, the coming out of your own leadership experience, um, it's always good just to kind of try and distill some of that wisdom. So what's the favorite quote that you might live by or use with your teams or uh, is a personal, personally important for you? Well, you're going to uh, catch me off guard on that one. Um, You know, I think um, I'm going to bring my father into this. So my father and I uh, worked uh, side by side for 25 years. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, he retired um, about uh, seven years ago. And unfortunately, we lost him uh, prior to COVID. And um, one thing very early on that he shared with me, and um, I'll never forget this. It will stay with me forever. We were coming out of a meeting with uh, Coors in um, their Coors Coors tech brand, as a matter of fact, in in Colorado. And I was so in awe over what I was hearing him um, talk about in that meeting that the, the, um, the wisdom that he shared was so great. It was so deep. And I was in awe. And we came out of the meeting, we got in the car, um, we went to lunch all the time, you know, went and, and got a bite to eat. And while we were sitting down, I said, I said, you know, I, I said, I'm, I'm truly in awe. I can't wait until I have the, the, till I become the expert that you are. And he said to me, Lori, I'm not an expert because I learn each and every day. And so we can be, we can form expertise on a topic, but that topic's always changing. So we've got to continue to learn. We've got to continue to listen and, um, and know um, that uh, w- there's always something around the corner that we can do better. Yeah, love it. Thank you. What about, do you have a favorite app that you go to? What's, what, what app on your phone would you not live without? Well, uh, personal app is Yoga with Adrian. <laughs> So I am a yogi and um, it's what helps me balance um, my work life. And I'm a mom of four kids and a uh, husband who's very successful and busy as well. So um, my personal app is yoga uh, with Adrian on a professional standpoint, PQ, the positive intelligence app um, is an incredible, incredible app for um, just, you know, in a tense situation, really um, normalizing um, how you respond in that situation through quick um, different scenarios that you can do with your hands, um, your mind to just calm the situation down and respond in a positive, proactive way. Yeah, nice. Um, What about a book, a book that's really influenced you? 
um, you know, outside of, of the Bible, um, which is my go-to each and every day. Um, I think God's wisdom is something that really uh, drives me and is very, very important. Um, I would say good to great. Um, you know, it's very motivational. Um, and it's one of those, um, one of those life-changing mindsets, again, you know, always yeah. learning, always growing, ne- you know, growing, never becoming that expert um, that can really motivate teams and, and leaders alike. Yeah, fantastic. Um, what about, um, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self if you could go back in time? Um, definitely to listen more. Uh, you know, I think a lot of college kids come out of school feeling as though they know it all because of the degree that they have and the fact of the matter is that it's a bridge. Um, you know, college is, is a bridge. And the day uh, you enter the doors of your first job, first real job for the first time, uh, is to ultimately listen and never stop. Mm, thank you. Thank you for those. Um, put you on the spot, ask you a few questions. It's, it's nice just to, uh, <laughs> just to get some of that wisdom. So here's my maybe final, uh, final question, really, where as we, as we kind of start to think about wrapping up. Um, no matter how much we've achieved, there's always a next level to get to. So, Laurie, what's you know what's your next level, right? What are you going to need to do differently yourself to multiply your impact, right? To yeah. move move beyond where you're at. Um, I need to let go. Uh, we are we've grown 42 percent this year. Um, the agency has, and in the U.S. and, and I know this is happening globally. Uh, we have a hiring issue. Mm. Um, in order for me to get to the next uh, stage of, of the company life cycle and grow it exponentially um, and maintain the clients and the team that we have, I've got to let go, let everyone do their job, get the right uh, people in the right seats, the right expertise um, so that I can continue to vision uh, where we're going next. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's always it's often the case, right, that we... <laughs> We're always having to let go. It's like parenting or whatever. You know, you're always having to. <laughs> let oh my go gosh, every day. it's so hard, isn't it? And and when you have a business that you know that is a family business, and I own a hundred percent of it now, it's my baby. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more important than the four children and my husband. But this is mm. still, you know, a baby, um, mm. and it's very uh, important and close and emotional for me. So, if people want to um, find out more about you and about the company, how do they get in touch? So please email me. Uh, my email address is long, by the way. It's Lori, L-O-R-I, at Avocet, A-V-O-C-E-T, communications.com. And you, all, you can also tweet me at Lori Jones. There we go. Perfect. Laurie, hey, it's been great to talk. Thank you again for these mm-hmm. thoughts on bold marketing and the relationship to the CEO. I think it's been really interesting. Um, and um, wish you all the best as you continue mm-hmm. to let go in the business. Thank you, Richard, very much. I deeply appreciate the conversation. Bye now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.